0: Uh, when he told me what, when he told me what kind of money we were talking about i um i said well hey man i can do HVAC, you know and i had no idea what HVAC was but i had electronics and i had pneumatics and i was a certified welder i had all these you know hydraulics and everything else and so i sold myself as being able to do whatever they wanted me to do uh and that was the job as a, we were dod contractors for the nsa and uh we worked at a secured location out here in san antonio Uh, and I was there until February of this year, Uh, and um, it's kind of weird, you know, I I think I got to the point where I was just done working for Uncle Sam. I mean, I I was just done. Um, That environment, as you know, if you stay in long enough, whether it's active duty or or as a GS or whatever. And we weren't GS as we were contractors. So they treated us like, you know, you're even below a GS. Like you're not even, uh, <laughs> you know, you're a contractor. And so um, the environment was pretty rough. You know, those people operate a certain way at a certain frequency and, and things were just, I was just getting tired of it. And so in, in, in 2014, my grandson was born. Uh, my daughter lives in New Zealand and um, my grandson was born, and so my wife and I went over there for a month. And uh, Sydney's always been on my bucket list, and it was like 150 bucks for both of us to fly round trip to Sydney, and so we spent the weekend in Sydney. And um, first time that I had a real cup of coffee outside of the United States ever. Uh, I grew up, my dad, you know, we drank coffee out of a percolator and then eventually mom like high dollar bought him a Mr. Coffee and uh, we drank out of that Mr. Coffee for years. And and then after that, I just drank coffee from Valero, you know, from the local gas station. And so um, when we went to Sydney, we were going to take a picture. You know, everybody has to go to take an iconic picture in front of the uh, opera house, the Sydney opera house. And so we were doing that, and and uh, we were backpacking that day, and so on our way to the location where we were going to take those pictures, there was this little shack. I mean, it was literally like six or eight sheets of plywood with hinges, and the guy opens them up, and he's selling coffee, and I'm like, well, hey, it can't be worse than a gas station coffee, right? And so I went over and ordered a cup of coffee, and Man, I I couldn't believe what I was drinking. I was like, oh, my God, this is like the most amazing coffee I've ever had. And so I went back and asked him, I said, man, how do you make your coffee? He goes, what do you mean? I said, this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had. He says, well, I said, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, there's nine roasters in Sydney, and they all roast on Wednesday, and I pick up my coffee on Thursday. I pick up just enough to go from Thursday to Thursday, and, and I don't grind the beans until you order coffee. And so it doesn't get any fresher than that. I mean, that's literally as fresh as you can, you you know, humanly possible.
1: You just caught a small piece of today's episode with Jose Alanez, and he owns the business Third Day Coffee Seguin. And we dive deeper into the whole coffee information and what you thought you knew about coffee. You'll be completely amazed at how wrong you are. And Jose is a Navy veteran. He worked with the NSA before switching over to being a coffee roaster. So if you stayed to the very end, there's a couple things. One, you're going to get some bonus content where we had an after show talk. And number two is he's going to give you his website to go and order Third Day Coffee Seguin with his discount code. So make sure you jump on that and stay tuned. Let's jump into this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up. Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host Trey Ryder and today I have another amazing guest with me. We have Jose Alana's I hope I didn't slaughter the last name. Too bad, but it's a junior. So and uh, Jose, he was a Navy veteran who has turned into a small business coffee roaster with Third Day. I, I screwed this up on the the pre-talk, so please tell me what that last name is. Uh, go ahead and uh, explain that real quick, Jose.
0: It's a Third Day Coffee Seguin, and I Seguin. Everybody... There you go. It's because of where it's
1: going I, I got to work on that. I got to remember it. So uh, Third Day Coffee, Seguin. And for those of you, I'm actually going to actually, if you're watching this live on Facebook, I'm going to put that in the comments down here. Uh, even though it's in the descriptions above, it's always great to have it right here in the chat. So um, I always love promoting the people that come on to this because it's about them and the difference that they're making in other people's lives. And he's able to do that through coffee, but it didn't always start that way because he was a, like I said, he was a Navy veteran. So uh, first and foremost, welcome Jose. Please let us know, like, what's your backstory? How did you uh, go into the Navy? How long were you there? How did you become uh, working for the NSA to doing what you do now?
0: Yeah, uh, so I, uh, my name is Jose Roberto Alanis Jr. And I was born and raised in San Antonio. Uh, My dad was a counterintelligence uh, crypto guy in the Air Force in the 50s. Uh, His younger brother was a crypto tech in Vietnam um, with tours in in, uh, Laos and I don't know where else. Um, And so my dad and my uncle were like, I had probably 12 uncles that were in World War II combat medic I guess before there was an actual combat medic, you know, they run out there with a stretcher on the field and pick people up, um, to, uh, army Rangers. And then we have a, a great uncle that was in world war one. Uh, and I've got all his documentation where he went to France and whatnot. And so, uh, there was never a question in my mind the day I graduated high school that I was going to go in the military and I was going to go air force, just like my dad and my uncle, because I wanted to be a crypto tech like them. And, uh, and the year I graduated, 1989, Air Force had a freeze on recruiting, and I had I had done the delayed entry, and so I was just waiting. And um, one day on a Friday, my recruiter told me to check in every Friday. So one day after school, I went and checked in, and the lights were out. And I turned around. There's this Navy guy sitting in the doorway, smoking a cigarette inside the building. You know, and, you know, we offer everything the Air Force does. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I need to go. I'm broke. I don't have a job. I'm out of money and, you know, school's over, let's go. And so, you know, I had to wait a couple of months, but, uh, in April of 90, I went to boot camp in San Diego and, uh, I went to a school, a school there, which was a communications electrician. Um, and, uh, I did five years, pretty much, almost four years, nine months and some change, uh, active duty, and then uh, I got out, and uh, I didn't really, didn't under, I really didn't know at the time that I was struggling to re to civilian uh, life, but uh, when I married my second wife, she's like, you got to quit moving jobs. Like, every two years, I would move jobs. Boom, boom, boom. Just get out of there. This is boring. I got to get out of here. I got to make more money, and so I um, I landed a job in 2010. I got out in, I got out in 95 and from 95 to 2010, I just bounced around every couple of years. Sometimes they were like eight months. Sometimes they were longer, sometimes they were shorter, but uh, I was, uh, a friend of mine was asking if I knew anybody who, who worked uh, HVAC and um, I was like, well, I know one guy, you know, but he's going to want to know how, what kind of money we're talking about it's kind of weird. You know, I, I think I got to the point where I was just done working for uncle Sam. I mean, I was, I was just done. I said, well, Hey man, I can do HVAC, you know, and I had no idea what HVAC was, but I had electronics and I had pneumatics and I was a certified welder. I had all these, you know, hydraulics and everything else. And so I sold myself as being able to do whatever they wanted me to do. Uh, and that was the job as we were DOD contractors for the NSA. And, uh, we worked at a secured location out here in San Antonio. Uh, and I was there until February of this year when he told me what kind of money we were talking about. That environment, as you know, if you stay in long enough, whether it's active duty or, or as a GS or whatever, and we weren't GS as we were contractors. So they treated us like, you know, you're even below a GS. Like you're not even, uh, <laughs> you know, you're a contractor. And so um, the environment was pretty rough. You know, those people operate a certain way at a certain frequency and, and things were just, I was just getting tired of it. And so in, in, in 2014, my grandson was born, uh, my daughter lives in New Zealand and um, my grandson was born. And so my wife and I went over there for a month and uh, Sydney's always been on my bucket list and it was like 150 bucks for both of us to fly round trip to Sydney. And so we spent the weekend in Sydney. And um, first time that I had a real cup of coffee outside of the United States ever. Uh, I grew up, my dad, you know, we drank coffee out of a percolator and then eventually mom, like high dollar bought him a Mr. Coffee. And uh, we drank out of that Mr. Coffee for years. And, and then after that, I just drank coffee from Valero, you know, from the local gas station. And so um, when we went to Sydney, we were going to take a picture, you know, everybody has to go to take an iconic picture in front of the uh, opera house, the Sydney opera house. And so we were doing that and, and uh, we were backpacking that day. And so on our way to the location where we were going to take those pictures, there was this little shack. I mean, it was literally like six or eight sheets of plywood with hinges and the guy opens them up and he's selling coffee. And I'm like, well, Hey, it can't be worse than gas station coffee. Right. And so, I uh, went over there and ordered a cup of coffee. And man, I, I couldn't believe what I was drinking. I was like, "Oh my God, this is like the most amazing coffee I've ever had." And so I went back and asked him. I said, "Man, how do you make your coffee?" He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "This is the best cup of coffee I've ever had." He says, "Well," I said, "I don't know. I mean, we, you know, I, there's nine roasters in Sydney, and they all roast on Wednesday, and I pick up my coffee on Thursday. I pick up just enough to go from Thursday to Thursday, and uh, and I don't grind the beans until you order coffee." And so it doesn't get any fresher than that. I mean, that's literally as fresh as you can, you can, you know, humanly possible. And so unless you're like me and you roast and then you pull it right out of the hopper and put it in your cup, but, <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of how I got into coffee. I, I, I realized that there was, uh, that all coffee was not created equal. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, I started on a journey. Uh, when dad passed away in 2016 my mom wanted to go to all these places that dad had taken pictures of in the 50s uh, in in Greece and Italy and so we we took a three-week family trip uh, with my sister and my son my wife and my mom and we just went and um, that kind of solidified my passion for all things coffee Uh, the culture in Italy is really unique I mean you get two people on a street corner about ready to slug it out. And then one of them's like, ah, oh, cafe. Like, ah, oh, yeah. And then they go, you know, to the nearest dive and they have really good coffee and they, they, they do the same process. You know, they, they use fresh roasted coffee and they, they don't grind it until you order it. And so I had a lot of learning to do because I didn't know anything about coffee and um, still working at the agency and uh, we worked a rotating shift. And so one morning when I got off a night shift I was coming home and I probably got a good 30 miles before I actually like woke up and I realized I I didn't remember getting out of the building I don't remember getting in my vehicle I don't remember driving off base I don't remember driving all this way and I I told my wife I said listen uh we got to start praying about a way for me to get out of there because you know I can't do that forever and you know the, the body is not meant to to change routines every thirty days, and so uh, I have a great respect for that place. Uh, the company that I worked for, COPT, amazing, amazing outfit, probably the best company I've ever worked for. Uh, but it was just time to do something else. And when I got home that morning, you know, I had a conversation with my wife, and I, we were doing thirty days on nights, and so I think the last day on nights. Uh, when I was coming home I got home and I was like okay gotta do something else I'm done with this and uh, I checked my phone my messages and there was a message there and a lot of spam right so you gotta be real careful but it was like two boys in the picture and I'm like well that's not your usual spam you know and so I went ahead and accepted the message request and five minutes later this guy sends me a message hello from Honduras and uh, I was like I don't know anybody in Honduras and everything's going through my mind, right? Because I've got a compartmented uh, you know, TS and and I'm thinking, man, you know, this is not gonna go well. They're probably gonna know that this person's reaching out to me and I'm gonna have to go to the security and it's gonna be terrible. And uh it turns out that this guy is from Mount Ridge, Kansas, and he owns a coffee farm in Honduras. And so we started a conversation that lasted, you know, a couple of weeks back and forth. You know, we got on the cell and we talked, uh, you know, you know, over the phone, we talked and he said, he said, um, and at that time, Connie and I were praying for divine appointments. That's what we were specifically asking God for. And, um, about two or three weeks into my conversations with Ashley, he says, Hey man, he says, uh, he says, uh, you know, I don't know where you're at in your walk, but, um, I feel like I'm being led to help you he goes, you know, um, he goes, do you believe in divine appointments? And I'm like, Oh my God, really? And so he said, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm supposed to help you with whatever you need to get your business off the ground. And, and he picked me out of a group of like 300,000 members. So it wasn't like I was doing something unique. You know, I was barely moving in that, in that Facebook group at the time. And so um, that's a total God thing. Every, every aspect of that uh, is God. And so um, he started teaching me about coffee and he doesn't deal in regular coffee. He deals with just specialty coffee and specialty coffee. Uh, all coffee is, is graded from zero to a hundred. Most of your big name brand, and I'm not gonna say any names cause I'll get sued right eventually. Uh, but all the big nationwide chains, even the one that used to be veteran owned that recently was sold, uh, and all the, you know, the donut places that sell coffee and, and all the restaurants that sell coffee, they all, they all buy general coffee, which is coffee that scores below 80, 79 and down. Most 90% of the coffee you get in the States is is just general coffee. Um about 30%, well, it's probably not 90%, but I want to say it's like 20 or 30% is specialty coffee. And, um, and don't quote me on those because I haven't looked up my numbers. In fact, I got to do a thing here later, and I'll, I'll have those numbers. But um, specialty coffee is coffee that grades 80 and above. And so uh, it's really unique. It's a much better quality coffee to begin with. Um, a lot of the specialty coffee farmers, they hand select. What that means is that they take all the coffee beans after they've dried them. So the coffee grows in a grape. If you're not familiar, it grows like in a grape. And there's a it's mechanically separated. The bean is mechanically separated from the pulpa and the grape. And then that's dried on a, on a platform. Once it's dried, people literally pour out the coffee on a table and they hand select the one that like there's a piece missing, if it's rotted for some reason, um, any kind of defects that the coffee has, they hand select those out. So what you get is a premium quality coffee that has very little defect. Um, and then because it's grown organically, they don't use pesticides or chemicals. They use the pulpa, they take the grape and they, and they make a, uh, an organic pile and they use that to fertilize it. And so, uh, it, it just all, everything put together, it, it creates an incredible high-grade coffee um, that you know commercial people are not going to sell. They're not going to carry it. Uh, I had a lady recently tell me that, uh, that she wasn't interested in our coffee because they had a restaurant and it's a commodity and they, they didn't really care about uh, quality or taste. you know And I was like, well, but why sell coffee? <laughs> wow so, yeah it's so that that's kind of how we got addicted to the coffee um uh you know
1: yeah i'm glad that you broke that stuff down because honestly it, let's be real i mean most people will sit there and just grab their favorite brand or the you know thinking of that and a, a lot of things can become white labeled or whatever else you know even liquors or alcohol, it's the same thing, where, you know, they're able to slap their own labels on and mass produce these different things. And it really pulls the wool over people's eyes, because they don't know exactly what they're getting, only to find out it's the same stuff or same type of product that's being pushed out. And what you're talking about, you're going through this whole entire process. And I'm glad that you did to be able to break this down, because I used to be a huge coffee drinker. And um, a lot of it, and some was just the brewing process for myself, but the acidity within the coffee. And uh, so it took my own learning people. Like when I used to do solar sales, I came across this person and they had this uh, cold brewing system and they said, yeah, my husband had uh, a lot of acidity and it screwed up his stomach. So he couldn't really drink coffee until we got this brewing system. And now he doesn't really have any issues. I was like, wow, you know, put me into a different perspective. Long story long is we end up getting one of those. And really, like it made it so much smoother. Uh, The acidity, you can really tell the difference just by changing the brewing system or changing the coffee beans. Um, And you took it a step further, which I always love, because hearing that process of what you guys go through, Uh, to really just handpick like what you're talking about and I say handpick because I actually saw a picture of you so I don't know if you're out there all the time doing that stuff but are you out in Honduras or are you somewhere else now uh
0: so the the trip to Honduras was uh just a you know an ever-evolving part of what we're trying to do which we'll get to in just a little bit but um we actually went to go plant coffee in the ground in Honduras because we made a deal with the local. So Ashley has 32 employees, and he's teaching some of them how to grow coffee on their own little micro farm. And so um, I want to I want to address something that you that you hit on before I go any further though. Uh, you're talking about the different kind of coffee, right? And so. Um, the problem with coffee in this country is that they go, these big companies, they go down there and they buy bulk coffee and they pay the local farmers dirt for it, okay? They buy the this chest that they sweep up off the floor, they buy all the junk and then they over roast it. Almost all the coffee I've ever had in the States has been over roasted. It's over roasted and then it's got additives in it to make it taste like coffee, right? Cause they have to, they don't hand select defects out. So they just roast it till the defects are, are, you know, unrecognizable. And then they add flavoring to make it taste like coffee. That's why people have problem with their, with their digestive tracts. Because, you know, generally a dark roast doesn't have very much acidity at all. And I'm not talking about burning coffee. A lot of people burn coffee. But a true dark roast uh, that is just a dark roast and it's not burnt uh, has very little acidity. And so one of the biggest compliments that we're getting using specialty coffee uh, is that it's really smooth. And people who have traditionally put sugar and cream in their coffee, they can drink my coffee black. Why? Well, it's a lot smoother. Uh, It doesn't have the acidity. And so, you know, all these things are, are just it's just like everything else, right, that we consume. We have no idea what's in it. And so uh, one of the things that we're, and, and listen, this was all a God I had nothing to do with this. This was all Ashley, uh, me meeting Ashley and Ashley doing things the way he does them, which is all organic and, and whatnot. And so, and of course, I've learned how to roast because of him. Um, and uh, the, the way that we do stuff in this country, it's like, how much can we push out the door? How much money can we make? you know, and how fast can we get it done? And, and so, uh, but this is a little bit different. And so our market is not the guy who goes to, to the local grocery store and buys, you know, a big thing of coffee for $4. Uh, that's not our customer. Uh, but if you're a real coffee nut, and you're interested in a really high quality coffee, that is not a civic, that is not going to, you know, not, I, I do cold brew also, because I know there's some customers that have you know, over the course of time have had to go to that because of the coffees that they were drinking. But I I offer all this stuff to people because if you've never had it, you know, you really need to try specialty coffee. And the thing is, at the core of it is direct trade. Basically, I buy my coffee directly from the farmer. And how does that impact them? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example from the experience we had in Honduras. Um, those families, four or five people, they live in mud huts. Some of them have never had electricity. Some of them have never had running water. Some of them never had showers or toilets. Um, they don't know what any of that stuff is. They, for a family of four or five, they make about, about $1,400 a year. Now, I know there's a lot of military guys who have gone overseas and they've, and they've been deployed into third world countries. I've never done that. I've never been to a third world country. And so going to a third world country and to see, and then, and then you get these big companies that exploit them. So 150 pounds of coffee, the big companies will go in and pay the local farmer $20 for 150 pounds of coffee. Okay. If they can get that bag to the United States, that same 150 pound bag that these big companies are paying them $20 for, they can sell for $750 here. Wow. You see how that changes somebody's life almost instantly. And so what Ashley's doing on his farm, he's teaching some of his employees to grow their own coffee. Well, there's a lady who's been doing under his, you know, guidance for several years. Now this year she sent nine bags of coffee up here. So what something over six grand to a family that usually makes about $1,400 a year. That's life-changing. And he's setting it up to where they have customers here. So Finca Ana, Ana's got a fan base in the United States. There are, there are women-owned uh, coffee roasting companies that want her coffee before she even grows it. And so if something ever happens to Ashley, she still has a way to get her coffee to the United States. And so her life doesn't drastically change. So he's improving the quality of life of these people in the local area. And that's what we did. We went to Honduras. We put some plants in the ground. That was all ceremonial. Those guys did all the work. Uh, but I made a deal with that one kid that owns that property, Finca Santos. And that's the only third day coffee Seguini is the only place in the world that you're gonna get Finca Santos. And and now, you know, he didn't understand it at first, but now he understands that no matter what happens, he has a buyer in the United States. So if Ashley dies tomorrow. I gotta hope i hope he doesn't die for many years but if he were to die tomorrow uh santos wouldn't have to go back to you know trying to scratch the dirt to make you know a dollar and so he's got a way to sustain his family it's literally you know changing generations um, of their family
1: that's so impactful because you've been breaking down this whole entire process and we're not here just talking about the coffee itself we're talking about everything that's involved in it the roots of where it's coming from and what's going on behind the scenes and you're not just trying to make an impact on the person that's taking a sip of the coffee you're trying to make an impact on the people that are growing it to help them have a thriving business and at the same time make yourself have a thriving business to help the customers at the end result that's what I'm gathering so far is that what I'm what you're putting down and I'm picking up here
0: uh, that's exactly, that you're all exactly on point, man. I, uh, you know, I, I didn't have an entrepreneurial spirit about me. I grew up really poor. Um, we didn't know we were poor. We had what we needed. Uh, but my dad worked like three full-time jobs. Uh, my mom worked a job and then a part-time job. And, you know, we just, me and my sister never realized that my dad was intent on sending us to private Catholic schools. I went to private military Catholic school from kindergarten till I graduated high school. And, uh, but, you know, you had to work three jobs to get it done. And so, um, I didn't have any idea about, you know, but I, I know that when I surrendered my life in 2016, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I realized that, man, if you just stop looking in and start looking out and seeing what you can do for somebody else, uh, life changes, man, in an instant. And and it's not because I want somebody to pat me on the back and say, hey, you're doing a good job. I could care less about that. I could care less. You know, I, I left a very lucrative job as a DOD contractor. I mean, it, it paid extremely well. Connie and I never wanted for anything. If we wanted to jump on a plane and go overseas, we did. If we wanted to spend money, we did. If we wanted to buy a car. Whatever we wanted, we did. And I, had, I walked away from that income Because I really felt like God was leading me to do this. And and it's not just, you know, I used to get irritated all the time when people say, oh, well, let's help the people of Africa and let's help the people of Central America. I'm like, what about the people here? You know, let's help the people here. And so my mission started out, the first charity before I met Ashley that we were given money to uh, is called Combat Marine Outdoors. And they they take our wounded uh, veterans hunting and fishing all over the world. Uh, as, as a form of therapy, as a form of, you know, R&R, and, and they're a great organization, and so I wanted to make an impact in the veteran community first, uh, and then I had an experience, you know, I never saw combat, I mean, my worst day in the military was running out of money before payday, because I couldn't go to the EN club, I mean, that was like, that was, t- that was the worst day I had.
1: I'm smiling, because I was there, too, I, you know, get that money, and just immediately blow it, and they're like, well, what am I going to do for the next uh, 13 days? <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> exactly. And so I, uh, I had a, I had an, uh, a situation that came up and an individual that had posted somewhere in, w- in one of the a very discreet group uh, that he was done. And, you know, of course I don't know why I felt like it, but I'd reached out. And then later on, probably about two o'clock in the morning, he, re- he sent me a message and, and we went back and forth for about an hour, and as the first time, you know, not ever seeing the the horrors that my uncle saw, that my dad saw, um, that all these guys that went to Iraq and Afghanistan have saying, um, I I didn't have any idea what that was like. I, I, I don't know what that pressure is. I don't know what that, you know, what PTSD is like. I don't have any of those things. And so, uh, but I had God and I knew that if, you know, the first question I asked him, do you believe in God? He said, yeah, I do. And so I shared with him, you know, Joshua 1 and 9, which says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. And he was, and the reason I chose that one is because he had been telling me that, like, I reached out to my family and they don't want to hear it. You know, I reached out to some of my buds and they're not responding. And I told him that verse means that even when your family doesn't want to hear it and when your, you know, your battle buddies are not available and you can't find someone, you absolutely 100% are never, ever, ever alone. God doesn't leave us like that. And so that whole experience, um, it really struck me. And I'm like, I have to do something more than than what I'm doing. And um, am I in the coffee business to make money? Yes. I want to be bigger than Black Rifle. In five years, I expect to be bigger than Black Rifle why do I want to be bigger than them? Because the bigger I get, the more mission I can do.
1: Yes. And that's what it always comes down to. Cause I had a discussion with somebody before and it was about like, why are these people charging so much money? And, you know, like how many people could, you know, uh, get their product or get the help that they need. And it's not just about that. Like if I go and I, I have coaching clients for, you know, $49.97 for a series of coaching calls. Well, why don't I just do $100 uh, and make it per session and do $1,200 for all 12 sessions? Well, at the end of the day, one, when I can make more money, then I can provide better for my family. And in turn, I can also provide better for everybody else. And, you know, I I sit here and I think about Tony Robbins, a great uh, personal development influencer, and his stuff is not cheap at all. You know, a lot of these people, their programs are not cheap. And it's because you don't see the big impact that's going on behind the scenes. You don't see the millions of dollars he uh, put towards Operation Underground Railroad to help save kids from slave trafficking. Uh, or sexual slave uh, trafficking and it's exactly what you're talking about. The same thing that you're doing is, yes, you have this great vision. Let's make your company what it is and bigger. And yes, of course, we want to have something better for ourselves, but it's about the impact and you have the great mindset behind it. And uh, I know for a fact you'll get there. So what are some of those steps you're doing now to, to grow your business?
0: Yeah. So we, um, you know, one of the the beautiful things about the company I worked for uh, when I was DOD contracting was that we were able to, you know, there's, you say like, yes, you want things for your family. Well, my whole life, I've wanted to live on some property with horses and animals everywhere. Well, we have it. We live on 10 acres out in the country and uh, we have horses and we got chickens and we got seven dogs and and so that part of my life is, man, it's complete. God just blessed us in so many ways. Um, but the bigger picture is that, you know, the more I grow and the way we're trying to grow right now is through subscriptions. Uh, subscriptions really allow a business to scale and grow because you can, you can write down, okay, I have X amount of subscriptions. Each one of them produces this much so you know every month what you have um and i want the subscriptions our, our goal is 250 we're at about 30 right now our goal is 250 by december 31st that's bold but uh you know if god wants it to happen it's going to happen uh whether i try to mess it up or not but that's one of the things we're trying to do and what the other thing we're trying to do is like i i give a lot of samples away i interact with people all the time on social media and I want people to know what good coffee tastes like. Because, you know, if they're used to drinking gas station coffee, when they get a hold of ours, it, it's life. It, you know, it's an experience. Um, I just had a Marine tell me, you know, he's, he's smoked Cuban cigars uh, most of his adult life, real high quality. And somebody told him, man, if you really want to enjoy your cigar, uh, this guy's been smoking for 20 years, okay? smoking cigars uh, his friend said, if you really want, he goes, get some high quality coffee and it, it cleanses your palate, but he goes, you can't go buy Folgers and you can't go to the, the corner. And at one of those places that sells junk coffee, he goes, you got to get some really good, you know, specialty coffee. And, uh, a lot of people understand what that is. A lot of people don't, but, uh, it's not just, you know, what, what's in this cup, you know, it's what goes in, to making what's in that cup. And so part of the struggle that we have is that people, you know, I sell 12 ounces for, I don't know, 14 bucks or something like that on the website. Uh, I think a full pound is $16 or $17 on our website. Uh, That's not what some of the other companies charge. It's less, but it's a much better quality. And I've even looked at some of their websites and, and their websites specifically say premium coffee because if it's not above a score of 80 they can't claim that it's specialty coffee and we sell specialty coffee ours actually starts out you know the bare minimum is 80 our's coffee's start out at 85 and so one of the things i'm trying to do to grow our business is to explain that to people to let them understand hey you know we don't sell regular coffee it's not supermarket coffee it's not that big branch chain that on every street corner coffee you know it's much better quality and i think you know if you're if you're serious about your coffee like a lot of us are uh that makes a difference and then if you look at what it means to buy direct trade to buy directly from the farmer you know uh and how it supports that you know entire mission um it makes a difference and so uh we have a podcast on fridays that we do called god country coffee at 1900 every Friday. We have guests that we bring on. Some of them are coffee people. Some of them are veterans. Some of them are just civilians. Um, and we just try to add value to people's life and, and no politics. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't tolerate any of that stuff on my, on my, on my business or my podcast. I have my own personal views and it's none of your business. Um, but I have a lot of guns and I live on property and I have, never mind. Uh, <laughs> And so, um, (laughs) and I'm a Christian. I mean, that's almost taboo today, you know. And so, um, you, we we just we we use the podcast as as a way to get the business out, but we also exploit other businesses in doing that because, you know, one of the things that I'm in the in the Warrior Council, right, in the Vetpreneur Tribe. The Vetpreneur Tribe is like what fifteen thousand plus. Uh, and then the council is like a mastermind group within that. And one of the things I've learned there, if you use the 80, 20 rule, 80% of the stuff that you put out there is, is fostering somebody else's business, lifting somebody else up. Uh, that other 20 will come back to you without you even trying. And so, and that's happened. I mean, I, I, I keep, every time I turn around, I'm finding something on social media where somebody says, Hey, try a third day coffee. And I'm like, wait, how do I know them, you know, and I try to, you know, hunt them down and fight, you know, figure out, like, well, how did they, you know, why are they recommending us, and not because I care, but it's just interesting to me that that, that, that theory really works, you know, if you just give way more of yourself uh, to help somebody else out, that automatically comes, the Bible tells us that, and so uh, I, I strongly believe in that, you know, and, and the other thing that we just started doing, uh, in fact, today will be episode four, is we're doing a daily five to 10 minute, I'm trying to keep it five to 10 minutes. Um, It's called the daily brew. And we just talk about coffee because, you know, how better to get somebody to try your product than than the, and I hate to use the term educated. I was, I was told that sounds really arrogant. So I want to inform people. I want to provide information that they can look at. That's tangible that they can say, Oh, okay. So I, 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 he said, you know, Robusta beans. So you go look up Robusta beans and you find out that they got twice the amount of caffeine. And so, you know, a lot of companies, listen, if you're buying a high calf coffee and it's dark, it's because they put caffeine in it because a true high caffeine coffee is a Robusta bean and it's roasted light. And so, uh, uh, but these are just little things that we're trying to do to grow the business, you know. The, the Daily Brew, the podcast, uh, we're doing local farmer markets and things like that, um, you know, trying to, to bring awareness to what, what specialty coffee is and, and really what our mission is, what we're trying to do.
1: That's awesome. And one of the things I was sitting here as I'm, you were sitting there talking is you talked about the name. How did you come up with the name? And just so people catch it, can you say the full name and then let's let's dig into this.
0: I will. Uh, Third Day Coffee Seguin. And first, I'm going to talk about Seguin because a lot of people don't know anything about Seguin. And everybody says it's Seguin uh, because that's how it looks like it's spelled. Uh, But Seguin is named after Juan Seguin. He was a Mexican officer in the Texas Army. Uh, He was at the Alamo with his troops. And when Travis saw the Mexican army congregating, he wrote a message to Sam Houston uh, requesting reinforcements. And he gave that message to Juan Seguin. And at that time, Houston was moving the army uh, pretty much down I-10 or 90. Uh, He was actually a little bit past where we're at now. He was close to Gonzalez. Uh, And so Seguin went out there and delivered the message. And he left his troops in the Alamo. And he said, I'll be back. I'm coming back. Don't worry about it. You know, and because they were nervous because they were all Mexican. And so when he got to Sam Houston, Sam Houston took the message and then refused to let him go back. He said, no, I got to go back. He says, no, I need everybody here. You're not going anywhere. And so we all know how the Alamo ended. All of his troops were killed, except for him. And so uh, he later is the namesake of this town. He ran for office. Uh, he, he was in the Senate, Texas Senate and whatnot. And so that's what Seguin's name after. Third Day Coffee comes from uh, Scripture, Luke 24 and 46, that says, and if, if you're a Christian and you're a Bible reader, you know that everything in red is what Christ said. And so uh, this is all in red if you look in your Bible luke 24 and 46 it says and he said to them that's in black and then it starts in red that the christ will suffer and die and rise again the third day and so uh it was an easy it wasn't an easy thing we 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 tried all kinds of stuff uh we were going to use hebrews and apparently there's a national chain called hebrews and uh as a play on the book of hebrews and then we we tried all kinds of stuff uh but uh, third day coffee. Seguin was just a perfect fit, you know, for us. And it's a little bit long, you know, especially when you do websites and email addresses. And so I have somebody working on it. We're going to probably condense everything to three RDD, um, uh, CS. And so it'll just be a, a, like five or six letters. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're working on a new website right now. It's a little user-friendly and, and, um, and so, uh, but that's kind of how, that's how, that's how Third Day Coffee Seguin came. And we were just going to call it Third Day Coffee, uh, which would have been fine. But then I did a Google search and there's a company in the UK called Third Day Coffee. And uh, if you Google search it, they come up. So uh, we decided to So go now with-
1: you got to work on your SEO to make sure that you <laughs> get on top of them and be the, the number one there.
0: Exactly.
1: that is awesome i i love the whole entire story and you really did just take us on a journey from really from the fields in honduras all the way back to the united states so the only last part that you did not bring us into is how can people get a hold of your coffee
0: Uh, that's pretty easy you go to our website which is thirddaycoffeesegame.com Uh, And, uh, you know, you can purchase our coffee there. Um, I do local deliveries. Sometimes I go to San Antonio, mostly it's Seguin, New Braunfels, Marion, which is where our church is. Uh, I do this little 50, 40 mile radius or whatever, but uh, I drop ship coffee. Uh, We don't have a brick and mortar. We are building, I don't know if you, if you saw the first uh, Have mission, the Humble Alpha Veteran Empowered Mission uh, that we did have mission zero zero one that was here at my house trying to finish my shop uh, we got a lot of work done there was still a lot left to do and then like you know when you're building a house you're like okay i really like this but i really want another bathroom over here and so you add and so now you got to restructure everything well that's what's been happening at the shop and uh i got to a point where like yeah but i need this okay well now i got to change my design and here i go and so uh i've As soon as we get off of here, I'm going to go. I've got one more piece of uh, of, uh, diamond plate metal to put up on the wall by the machine. And uh, I'm actually going to have to fire it up tonight to roast uh, to keep up with some of the orders. Um, One of the other things, you know, we're on all the social medias. We just started TikTok uh, because I saw something in one of the veteran groups talking about how you could really market uh, in that platform. Um, We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we actually stream to my personal page, Third Day Coffee Seguin Facebook page, the God Country Coffee podcast page, and then YouTube uh, when we do our all our streams. And um, uh, we're on Pinterest and Twitter and and uh, and you know we have some stuff that we do on Clubhouse, uh, and so. You know, all you got to do is type in Third Day Coffee Seguin, and that's S-E-G-U-I-N. Uh, for those that, you know, just want to look it up. And, um, and so that's, that's how you can get a hold of us, you know. And, you know, our, our, our tagline is pretty cool. Uh, it, it evolved from the best coffee uh, in Texas to the best coffee in the country, and now it's the best coffee this side of heaven. And and I truly believe that.
1: (laughs) That is awesome. And one of the things that you talked about is a subscription. So what does that look like for your business model? Or if somebody's like, yeah, like I would love to have coffee sent to my house consistently. um, What does that process look like for them?
0: Sure. So you go to the website and when when you select a coffee and we have four coffees right now, we have a, a light roast high calf that is 40% Robusta beans, that thing will kick you in the teeth. Uh, it looks like tea when you make it. In fact, I had a guy that said, man, I made this coffee. It looks like tea. I was like, be careful, because if you drink it, uh, you'll be up all night. And then he sent me a message at like four o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep. I told you, I told you. And, so is
1: that the name of it is kicking the teeth coffee?
0: No, no, no. It's called revelation. <laughs> so all our coffee is made <laughs> up for scripture. And so uh the high calf light roast is called revelation uh and because you know revelation is kind of a kick you in the teeth book if you're if you're not paying attention um and then we have a dark roast now now dark roast traditionally has the least amount of caffeine but it's the least acidic uh and so a lot of people use dark roast to pull shots or the uh, espresso or they use it for um um cold And so that's called Esau because, you know, Esau was a rough, the Bible says he's a rough and brawly, that he was rough and brawly, not like his brother. And so uh, the dark roast is called Esau. Uh, our, our medium roast is called Isaiah 52, seven. And that talks about being the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what I've, that's what I realized really early on with my supplier, Ashley, that him and his family are really acting as the hands and feet of Jesus where they're at in Honduras, lifting that community up. Uh, and then we have a, um, we have another medium roast that is not from Honduras. That one's from, uh, it's a mix of Rwandan and Ethiopian beans called Strong and Courageous. And uh, that's my wife's coffee. It's one of the first blends that I came up with uh, before, I, before I started using Honduran beans. Uh, it's a great coffee, great tasting coffee. And we're going to continue to to uh, to offer it just because it's a great coffee. We also have a decaf uh, that we use. It uses the Swiss water process. Uh, if you're, uh, that's another problem is people all the time they have problem with their stomach with coffee. Well, traditionally, uh, decaf has been chemically separated. Right, the, the caffeine's been chemically separated from the beans, and so that would people stomach issues. But we use the Swiss water process, which doesn't use any chemical. Uh, and so, uh, we offer a decaf, uh, and the best way to do is, you know, if you want it to your house, every, you pick which coffee you want, you put it in the checkout, uh, you have to select how you want the beans. If you want them whole bean, or if you want them ground for, um, I I can't say the name because they'll send me a letter and tell me they're going to sue me, but you know, the, uh, the little pod company, little pods, you put the pod in and close the bail uh, I can grind it for that. If you have a regular Mr. Coffee or regular automatic coffee drip, I grind it for that. If you have a, um, a French press, I, it's more coarse. If you're an espresso, you have an espresso machine, it's got to be ground really fine. Uh, and so I have three commercial grinders and that's what we do. We grind it to your to whatever machine you're using. Um, and then uh, after that, it'll say one-time purchase or our website automatically gives you 10% discount for doing a monthly subscription. On top of that 10%, if you use the code D1, very military, right? Delta dash one, D1. If you use that code, that gives you 10% on a one time purchase, or it gives you, it's stackable on the subscriptions. And so you can get 20% off your monthly subscription by using the code D1. I hope you
1: guys are sitting here listening to this or taking notes as he's sitting here talking. And, uh, if you're on the Facebook, uh, watching it live, uh, the website is pinned in the comments. So hopefully you can click on that and go check out the products. Cause he just walked you through the whole entire process. And it's truly amazing. I appreciate you taking that time, um, uh, to break it down for us, Jose. Um, Before we jump off of here, because I talked to you about this, uh, we're getting ready to jump into the the monthly podcast wrap up with uh, all of our previous guests. Is there any closing words or anything that you wish I would have asked to bring out to uh, the audience today?
0: Now, just remember this. When you buy coffee from somebody like me who does specialty coffee, who does direct trade specialty coffee, you're literally buying coffee that is cropped to cup. The only hands that touch that coffee are the people that put it in the ground and harvest it. It gets in a bag, sealed, and it gets sent to my house. And then I roast it. So it's literally cropped to cup. And it's all organic. They don't use any chemicals. Um, so, I mean, it just doesn't get any, it doesn't get any fresher than that. And, and I don't keep coffee on the shelf. So if you catch me between, You know, when I'm roasting, you might have to wait three or four days before I even, you know, uh, process your order. But that's because, you know, I roast it fresh. I don't have a bunch of bags on the shelf waiting for somebody to order them. Uh, And and so uh, that way.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. What's a if somebody has coffee in a bag, what's the freshness? Timetable, give or take. Do you know, are you familiar with that at all?
0: Me, pers- I think it's personal preference because some people are drink coffee regardless, right? But uh, <laughs> for me, if I grind coffee, which I don't normally grind it until I'm making it, so every morning I'm in my kitchen grinding coffee to make my cup, to make my wife's cup, my sister in law. So, um, if you buy whole bean, whole bean will stay fresh on the counter a lot longer uh, than Than uh, if you grind it, if you have it ground, and if if you do buy ground coffee, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with it after two weeks. But that's just my personal preference. To me, it seems like after two weeks it starts to really lose uh, lose its bite, and so you know, I I really try to tell everybody, listen, go to Amazon, buy a cheap, you know, fifteen dollar grinder and buy the whole bean. That way, the beans are, are much more fresh. You'll be a lot happier with our product for a lot longer period of time. Plus you can take, if you buy two bags, you can throw a bag in the freezer until you're ready to use it. Uh, you know, it's not gonna hurt it. And uh, I, I generally don't refrigerate my coffee. I, I feel like that takes away from it. Uh, I, I have it in the same bags that I send it in They're They got a little degassing valve on the front. They've got zip locks. And so you just zip lock it and then you, you pull the whole beans out when you're ready, you grind them and, and you have the best coffee that you've ever had, I promise, especially if you've never had coffee like that.
1: That's awesome. Now that I'm aware of it, I can't wait to actually try out the coffee myself. And uh, if you guys are sitting here listening to this now, I'll make sure that I leave my review uh, about the coffee. I don't know which one I'll have yet, but I'll definitely go check it out make sure that I'm supporting another veteran. Um, And like I said, I do got to have you link up with somebody else who's also on a a great mission just like yourself. Um, So I I really do appreciate you taking time on Thursday night with us uh, here on the Forging Life podcast. And uh, I already asked you if any closing remarks, you you talked about your website. Uh, I just want to clear the air. There's nothing else before we go ahead and jump off of here.
0: No, man, just uh, like I always tell people, man, treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another. Love, kindness, and respect.
1: Awesome. Thank you for those closing words. And uh, for the rest of you, as always, make the rest of your day the best of your day. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this, take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment. So that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there. In here. So, give me just a second here as I go ahead and kill the recording portion. Um, I did kind of forget to stop or start the recording first part in there, but it's okay. I love the streaming process. Sometimes when I start streaming, I forget to, to stop the <laughs> or start the recording, but I always pull it off of the Facebook group, anyways. So, not a big issue on that. They got to see everything, anyways, to include you sharing it on your group there. So, but, yeah, I mean, I still have it kind of streaming on Facebook. That was more for the podcast. But, um, yeah, I really do appreciate you taking the time there for me.
0: Man, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. I, uh, You know, I just got to get the word out, and, and uh, that's how we do it. I mean, I just to get on shows and talk to people about coffee and something I'm passionate about. So. I meant
1: to ask you, actually, on the air. You, you were talking about your, your church. Does your church get your coffee?
0: That's a conversation I just had with my pastor. Uh, my pastor used to be the, uh, the head of marketing for a spice company with uh, a territory of over $50 million. Uh, wow. Where he walked away from all that and, and turned his life around. And so he's got some great ideas. Uh, we don't, because of the COVID, everything's been really weird. And we're just now starting to open up again. And he actually said, "Hey, you need to come sit down with me so we can talk about your coffee." And I'm like, "All right." So uh, he and I are supposed to sit down in the next week or so, uh, and uh, and f- see what that looks like. Uh, I'll be
1: honest with you; you need to hit that market, man. I mean, that's what you're about. That's the meaning behind your coffee, too. Is yeah. I would be, you know, getting out there into those churches and stuff and talking to these people.
0: Yeah, I've had a couple of meetings with local pastors and a priest from the Catholic. Uh, church here in, in saguim and uh our coffee is not four dollar folders mm-hmm. and when you approach a church even at like our church we're almost a million dollars in the black we don't owe a dime on anything you know and so you know financially we're very healthy but the mentality never changes at a church you know they're tight and uh you know, when they can go get a, a pound and a half or $6 at Walmart, uh, that's what they're going to do. Now, m- my, my pastor's a little different. And so he he may not, you know, if I can just get in on my, I told him, I said, just buy a subscription of like two pounds a month and the rest of it, buy the cheap stuff. You know, and then when you have executive meetings or when you have, you know, uh, special prayer meetings or whatever, then then bring out the good stuff. And so that's one of the obstacles uh, that even my wife saw it early on, because, you know, I, I know, you know, Steve, you know, Steve Kuhn from the, from the tribe. That's what he said, dude, you gotta be hitting every church in your neighborhood. Yep. And I was like, good idea. And my wife's like, listen, I'm all for that, but just know right now that you might run into a bunch of resistance because most churches are so tight. They're such on a budget that, They may not want to pay $14 for 12
1: ounces. But at the same time, when you do that and you get into there and you have your pastor that's able to, you know, you're sitting down to talk with them. Once you start getting one and then two, you can say, look, uh, this church and this church is already about it and they know the product. And there's a reason why they are getting this product because of how great it is, one, of taste, but two, for the body itself. You you talked about the acidity and all this other stuff. And uh, by leveraging that made me think about, I don't know if it was a a TV show as well. I know it was a TV show. I just, I don't know which one it was, Uh, Undercover Billionaires. I don't know. But um, they talked about this coffee and trying to get it into hotels and having, you know, sit down and, you know, even these hotels to be able to have it locally. Maybe that's another revenue uh, stream that you could get into at least starting there.
0: I have a friend uh, in Orlando, Uh, he's a grade school friend. I've known him since kindergarten Uh, and he is a big shot with one of these huge worldwide resorts. And uh, because he can't do it directly because it would be a conflict of interest because I'm his friend, but he is trying to navigate to see who we can talk to that I could get samples to and, try, and I can do the little pouches that way. Every time you go into a hotel room, there's a pack of my coffee. And so I'm, I'm trying to work that. Uh, White Label is going, it, it started out kind of slow, but we have a really big deal in Dallas working right now. Um, and then there's another one, uh, one of the guys from New York uh, that's in the tribe. He, he asked for a bunch of products and and I reached out directly to him. I said, listen, I have a product that I know will work for you uh, and give me an address. So I can send you some samples and let's get this ball rolling. He's like, man, I like the way you move. Let's go. Here's my address. Awesome. So, uh, that's, I think that's hopeful. And, uh, and there's,
1: there's definitely nothing wrong with the white label, especially the product that you have.
0: So yeah. I hope
1: you didn't take that the wrong way when I was talking about it inside. Um,
0: no, I'm all for it. Cause listen, I, I don't care if I sell a bag of coffee that says third day coffee, Seguin, or if it says, you know, truck stop on I-10, I don't care what it says. You know, the more bags of coffee I sell, then, then the more mission I get to do.
1: And, so, and, and that's the big thing. And it, like you said, it's helping you to make a bigger impact and it's helping at the source too. So at the end of the day, it's all a win situation, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just some of my thoughts that I was having when uh, you were sitting there talking that I meant to bring up and I did not write the question down, but. We're still live on Facebook too. So just kind of hanging out before I jump off, but. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I did some uh, white label first initially for uh, a lady that I know in San Antonio. She works for a diesel exhaust, uh, diesel. What do they call that stuff? Diesel exhaust liquid or whatever. Def diesel exhaust fluid. That's what it's called. I guess the newer diesel has got to have some kind of thing for emissions.
1: Additive sport. Yeah
0: and you put it near the gas tank, there's a, there's a port right there. Anyway, they they have like one of the biggest country uh, companies in the, in the country. And um, she ordered coffee, but she said, the thing is, we just want our name on it. And so I said, that's fine. Tell me what you want. Let's design the bag and let's get it. So the only thing I ask is that on the back of it, I'm required to put the address, the FDA regulations, I'm required to put the address on the back, but I want to put Roasted by Third Day Coffee Seguin, www.thirddaycoffeeseguin.com, and then our address. And they were perfectly fine with that. And so the whole bag, it looks, it's their company logo. You know, the back of it is called, it's called Diesel Exhaust. That's what their coffee is called. I just named it <laughs> Diesel Exhaust just to, you know, go with their theme. And uh, I don't have any problems doing that, man. You know, That's I'm, awesome. I'm all about... um you know, doing a white label for whatever you want, private label, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I have a thousand pounds of coffee on hand right now. And uh, cause we're kind of, I just wanted to be prepared for this thing in Dallas and, and uh, because they're, they're talking about wanting coffee on the shelf by August the 8th.
1: Wow. That's awesome, man. I hey, I can't wait to hear more about this later on down the road. Just see where, the growth has been for, uh, for you specifically. Cause I, at the end of the day, I just, I was talking on my previous interview. I, I get, I thrive off of helping people and I'm not saying I'm helping you, but when I'm sitting there coaching or my membership subscription and stuff like that, just to be able to see how their, their business just takes off or, you know, their relationship just starts thriving. And it, that's the most rewarding thing to me. And, uh, to, be linked up with people like you and many other people to see that is just, it's, it's great. So um, if I can be of any help or anything else, please don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it. I think you signed up for our podcast too, didn't you?
1: I thought I did, but I didn't see the, in my calendar, I didn't see it on there. I'm pretty sure. Um, I I thought it was like the 25th or something. I was looking around. It's like, well, I don't see it. Let me look on here again.
0: I have you for the ninth of of July. I have Rock Florida this weekend, this Friday, and then next Friday I have you down. Yep,
1: I, I see it at uh eight p.m. Right? Seven. Uh, yeah. Oh, 7 p.m. your time 8 p.m. mine yeah,
0: yeah. cool deal man
1: yeah so other than that man i'm gonna jump up here i get 10 minutes before i jump into the next uh portion so you're more than welcome to hang out with us the link is in the uh Foraging life podcast events tab there and uh as soon as we start streaming it then i'll post the zoom link so anybody can jump in there so it, it's a great hangout time and listen to everybody sit there and talk is it's truly is like, it's a great event. I look forward to every month. So, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. It was great linking up with you.
0: All right, brother, take care of yourself, man. God bless you.
1: Thank you. You do the same. All right. See ya.